Hello and welcome to episode 31 of Matchit and the Other Guy. Kevin and I are, as ever, sitting outside my home on the banks of Lake Wiley in Charlotte, North Carolina. And once again, Kevin, it is an absolutely gorgeous day. Couldn't ask for better. Could not ask for better. We have reached episode 31. You know what we're talking about. I never do for our new listeners. So start us off. Well, episode 31's topic was something that's actually, I've, I've had two references to it this past week, which I guess was kind of a hint to, to talk about it. And it's one that I, I've enjoyed talking to people in the past about, and I think it always adds some good conversation. Series finales. Series finales? The ending episodes of shows. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Love them or you hate do them? pick them. Yeah. Okay. Start us off then. Give us an example of a perfect series finale for you. Well, uh, one of the, we can jump right in this, sink, sink our teeth in. I think one of the most controversial ever was The Sopranos. Now, I'm going to tell you something here that you may be surprised about. I have never seen The Sopranos. Really? I've seen clips from it. I'm aware of the show, but you'll have to tell me about uh, the joys of the Sopranos, and I'm kind of aware what happened at the end because it's impossible to avoid it with uh, the, the way the internet works. So, did you like it or not like it personally? The, the ending. The, the, the ending? ending. The ending. The more I thought about it, I loved it. Yeah. Um, I picked. I did not watch the Sopranos from the beginning. I was many seasons in before I I kind of picked up on it. So yeah. maybe halfway through the whole run, and I just kind of pieced together you know what I didn't know and just kind of went on with it from there so I can't say I was there from the beginning but you are aware how it ended yes and I was like millions of other people watching the finale and when it went to black I thought something had happened with my TV TV I was like are you kidding me right now of all times but and then the then you know a credit came up yeah and I was like what? And I, I admittedly, I was kind of set aback and was like, I don't know what to think right now. But the more and more I thought about it, I thought it was an absolutely brilliant ending. Well, I have heard exactly the same from folks discussing this same thing on Twitter or on social media in general and on um, YouTube videos that I've just stumbled across is that same reaction. When folks first saw the ending to The Sopranos, it was you've got to be kidding me. Surely this should have happened instead. But yep. um, as time has gone on, I think the general perception is that it was a brilliant ending. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm sure there's some very, very fervently, you know, that was horrible, that was ridiculous, whatever. But, I mean, my thoughts on it are the way it ends, you don't know. Yeah. You don't know if that was his demise at that second. It certainly left it open if they ever did want to continue the story later on yeah. to just say this is just, you know, when we stopped right then and there and later on we'll continue. Of course, with Gandolfini passing away, it will never happen and probably shouldn't. I mean, it was really so revered at its time and that this is a nice way to end it. But there will always be questions about what happened to Tony or what didn't happen to Tony. Yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. It's a dichotomy, I guess, between the writers of the story wanting to end the piece as they desire it to be ended, and the TV executives desire to, let's not do that because it's been a popular show and we might want to return and make some more episodes. What do we do? 
and of course you get caught between a rock and a hard place of how best to end the series, how best to end a movie or a book or whatever it would be. Do you want to end it this absolute finale, it cannot go any further than this, or do you want to leave it open that we can come back and make another episode? Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of interesting boardroom talk yeah, on that one. I'm sure there is. I think that happens a lot. I'm trying to think... Um, We've talked. I mean, we're, we're moving off series finales now. But just just one example in in my love of literature or books. I always thought in the Harry Potter books that Potter would not survive. J.K. Rowling, dear old J.K. Rowling, no longer returns my phone calls. <laughs> so obviously, I've never talked to her. But um, I get the distinct impression that when she started writing those books, perhaps installments one, two, and three. I feel that Harry Potter was destined to give his life up for the greater cause, for the greater good at the end, to kill Voldemort. I still feel that that was the intent until the movie started to be made and then um, it became impossible to kill the character off. because He's too beloved. He's too beloved. We all love Harry Potter and we wanted him to go on, but I don't ever feel that that was what... J.K. Rowling had in mind. Now, she may have come out and said, absolutely, no, 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 no. I always intended him to go on and have this wonderful life after Hogwarts and the end of Voldemort. I just don't think it was ever going to be the case. No, I think it's a very reasonable theory because, yeah, and too, they, they, they get darker as you go yeah. and, and such, and it gets more intense. You know? Well, I mean, without going into the great detail of the plot of the books, um, the idea is that there's a Voldemort split his soul into, I think, seven pieces would be, if I remember right, seven seems to be the correct number for magical things. And a part of uh, Voldemort's soul resides in Harry. And I always thought that the six other pieces of Voldemort's soul would be found and destroyed in some way. But of course, the only way finishing the whole story would Harry's going to have to give his life up to finish Voldemort off. But that wasn't the case. Yeah, But again, I think that's that dichotomy between this is what we originally intended, and this is what the film producers and, and the, the publishing houses decided to get. I, I might be completely wrong on that. That is absolutely just my personal opinion on it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and just before you know, move on to some other other great great shows and stuff like yeah. that, I, the biggest winners of the Sopranos finale was Journey, because that song was brought back, and it came so far back into the culture and became such a big hit and started being played everywhere that you talk about really, really getting a boost. Yeah. That was an amazing boost to their career. And yeah. well-deserved. I mean, it's a great song, and it, 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 firstly, it fit that very well, but I tell you, you can't hardly go to a wedding reception or anything where it's not going to be played or something <laughs> these days. So Yeah. What's your next one? What, what else? You, you must have given this some thought to come up with this for our topic today. Did, are there other series that you think that was the perfect ending or not the perfect uh, ending? Yeah, we're going to go the opposite direction, and that would be Seinfeld. Okay. I thought Seinfeld just wrapped up horribly. Yes. Now, yeah. if I remember right, this was the courtroom scene, wasn't it? Well, it was, I think it was, best I recall, is what, two episodes made up the final? Okay. And the whole thing was the courtroom and them bringing back a bunch of characters from all throughout the series. And the series was brilliant. I mean, yeah, it, you know, for sure. It definitely goes down. You know, many people consider it to be the greatest show, if not of all time, great, greatest comedy yeah. of all time. And a lot of it is brilliant. I mean, yeah. I enjoy the episodes. I just thought that ending was just, ugh. You talk about, you know, just phoned in. It was just so it's blah. It's very odd how these things happen, isn't it? I, I also, 
again, probably an extension of what we've just talked about. Sometimes I feel that shows miss the time to stop, like get out when you're on top. Yes. Or yes. The, 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 the series that always strikes me, I mean, there's many of them, but I'm a big fan of Scrubs. And the first few series of Scrubs were, were great. They were very funny and the storylines were very funny. But as it goes on and as it goes on, and a lot of the lead actors and actresses leave towards you can tell when the series is beginning to run out of steam and they leave and they are replaced by the next string of actors and actresses that come in and the show is not the same we've already lost many of the reasons for watching it whatever it is it couldn't be scrubs or anything else and then there's this desire i guess for once again, from, from everybody involved with the show, let's try and keep it going for one more series. And it, it has nowhere to go. It's yep. lost its vitality. It's lost its life. Yeah, and that's, well, the funny thing, funny you should mention that, because Seinfeld was going out on top. He did decide, you know, he was topping the ratings and, and everything was still going very well. And the episodes were good. Yeah. And he decided that he was not going to, you know, renew and, and keep going, so they were going to end it. So I, you know, from that standpoint, he was going to end at the right time. But that, just that final episode, and I, I said, I've got a better ending to this. What I said should have happened was that the judge should have said that they are so bad a group of people together <laughs> that he ordered them to live in different parts of the country. And the final scenes was showing them in different parts of the country and how they just couldn't even function without each other. That's great they were just lost, you know, like wandering the streets or sitting on our porch going, I, I, I just don't know what to do. And I thought that's how I would have ended it. You, sh you should have written that up and sent it in. That sounds like a much better ending than I remember Seinfeld ending. But yeah. yeah. Well, and then, you know, talking about shows going on too long, I'm sure you're familiar with the Jump the Shark yes. metaphor. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's yeah, been carried on for, from quite some time. And, and many people look back in shows and they find that moment. Well, when did this show jump the shark? You know, when did, when did it turn? And there's uh, far too many that have gone on beyond their You've their just useful. described your desired ending to Seinfeld, and I had a similar idea for a desired ending for Scrubs, seeing as we've just been talking about Scrubs. And those familiar with the series of Scrubs will be aware of this running joke, running gag all the way through it, is that the janitor keeps asking Zach Braff's character if he put a penny in the door. The series starts in this way, like there's, the, the janitor is trying to make the sliding door work and it won't open correctly. And he turns to Zach Braff and says, did you put a penny in the door? If you put a penny in this door, I'm going to take you down. And this is, forms this, this in exchange between the two characters all the way through the series. But I kept thinking at the last episode, it would be so wonderful for Zach Braff to say, I'm done with this, I'm walking off, my time here is finished out of Sacred Heart Hospital walks through the door but puts his hand up on the top and pulls the penny out of the door and walks off mm -hmm. end of show would have been fantastic but that's just me it sounds great i didn't i didn't watch the series so i can't comment on it i know of it but okay. I, I i'd never watched it but it sounds good yeah well well it's just that reminded me of um the very end of the big bang theory okay which i thought it was a is a good final episode and i think but i always thought the actual final scene was somebody going and say, oh, yeah, the elevator's fixed. You know, I just, or the janitor, or the uh, maintenance guy walking off and go, right. oh, by the way, I just fixed the elevator. And it, it, it should have been something fundamentally simple, like, oh, you just have to flick this switch here. There was nothing wrong with it. Or so, yeah, yeah something along that. <laughs> now, granted, they did, in the, it was kind of what, a, maybe almost a two-parter that made up the final episode. They did reference that, no, the elevator's now working. 
But I thought it should be like the final, Absolutely. last little joke. That, moving well, on. that again is was the running gag right through almost every episode. Yeah, was the you know the yellow out of order tape across the elevator door. Uh huh. So yes, that's another great one. It most definitely should have been the elevator's been fixed, but. It's not, for me, it would have been not that it took a great deal of work to get the elevator fixed. It just needed click. That's all it needed. Yeah. And then the button with the, the toggle switch was on the door. Maybe somehow pick up on us and, and hire us as riders. <laughs> yes, I like that idea, yeah. Well, I think the, I guess the Hall of Fame has to go down to MASH. Yeah. You know, not only is, to, to this day, it's still the most watched TV episode of all time. It, in fact, if you get in like a look of all the most watched broadcasts or everything, like 29 are Super Bowls, and MASH is stuck in there is in like right? position wow. number eight or yeah. something like that. Because it garnered... Uh, Even after all these years. After all these... Because yeah. I, I had a running, uh, almost like side bet with my roommate. When Seinfeld was going to have that final episode, I was betting that they were going to draw more than, than a MASH had the done. Because Seinfeld yeah. was huge. I, huge. And he kept saying, no, I think MASH is still going to... Still going to weigh out hot heavier, and you got to think it kind of makes sense in that there's there was more cable shows and stuff. You're spread out, your audience is more spread out by the time Seinfeld came on. But again, it was only about 15 years separating the two endings. Yeah, one was 83 and one was 98, I believe. Really, was it 98 that far? Yeah. Wow. Oh, it's definitely been that far. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but I I lost that bet because I said I think Seinfeld may pull a bigger bigger audience and it didn't. Were you a fan of MASH from, I wouldn't say from start to finish, but it was going on for a long while, but did you enjoy MASH? Uh, I watched it here and there. Yeah. I wasn't a loyal watcher, um, but uh, I'd, I'd see it here and there, and my brother-in-law liked to watch it, so when I was staying with them, you know, a lot of times we'd watch the 11 o'clock rerun or something at night, you know, or something like that. I did sit and watch that final episode, and you've seen it, right? The final episode of MASH. Yes, absolutely, yeah. 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 But beyond the final episode, I mean, I, I, I guess... The reason the final episode is so iconic is you fall in love with the characters, but not just one or two. In MASH, and MASH is a great example. Seinfeld is another example. You absolutely know everything about every character. They're all important. There's not one real second string player in MASH. I mean, they're all vital to the show, I think. I mean, yeah. I think that's how it worked so well. And Seinfeld was absolutely the same. Um, Every character there seemed to be essential to the show. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think this one this one has to go down as my favorite ending, um, the way it was done. Did you ever watch Newhart? No. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. How <laughs> at the very end, it's it's dark and he wake he wakes up and he's in he's in bed with his wife from his previous show, yeah. the Bob Newhart show, okay. Suzanne Plachette, and she's like, What's wrong? And he's like I had this dream, and I was in Vermont, and I ran an inn, and there was these craziest bunch of people around us, and I was like, "That is brilliant." Yeah. To that day, it's the I think the most brilliantly written final scene of a TV show ever. I love it. I'll occasionally pull it up on YouTube and just watch that final part. Well, that is a classic example of beautiful writing. Sometimes writers and the directors and the producers of the show can finally agree on how something should be done, and that's a classic example of it. Yeah. One of my favourite TV series as a kid growing up in England was The Prisoner, Patrick McGowan. I've heard of it. Uh, it's a wonderful 
enigmatic, slightly surreal series, filmed, curiously enough, in a little village in North Wales called Port Merion. And Port Merion is a real place, and it was a, a hotel complex built by a chap called Clough William Ellis, if memory serves. And he was an architect, going back now to the early like, 1920s in, in Wales, and Clough William Ellis, I think I have his name correct, wanted to build a little Italianate village on the Welsh coast. <laughs> Seems absolutely extraordinary. Uh, you'd never be able to do it now, of course, because building permission would never allow that to happen. So he set out to recreate a village that you would find in the Adriatic, for example, or on the Mediterranean coast. Beautiful terracotta tiles, the walls painted pastel colours of blue and pink and yellow, and he would go around the world and find statues and bring them back, and, and he built this absolutely gorgeous. If you've never seen Port Mirian, go on to um, Google, gentle listener, and just put in The Prisoner or Port Mirian, Wales. This village will come up. Looked absolutely spectacular, but it was very isolated in, in a quiet corner of the Welsh coast. And when Patrick McGowan stumbled across Port Mirian, he said, he said, this would be an absolutely perfect location for a show that I'm working on called The Prisoner, where he would play effectively a James Bond character and uh, who resigns from the Secret Service, but is immediately kidnapped as he resigns and wakes up the next morning after being kidnapped in the village, which is Port Mirian. So the whole point of the series, and it went on for, I think, like 16, 17 episodes, was there was this constant argument or this constant shifting scene of who has kidnapped him is it his own side because he has these secrets that can't be revealed to anybody else or is it or is it the other side or whether yeah. the other side are and are they keeping him to to find out what he knows and episode after episode after episode it went on like patrick mcguin's character who was always just known as number six. Everyone in the village was given a number. Patrick McGowan's character would try and escape from the village and would be thwarted at the last minute and could never escape for whatever reason. And this was a wonderful thing. It went on after episode or after episode. But coming back to the, the point of our podcast is series finales and how did this thing end? Well, it's clear to me, at least, that towards the end and Patrick McGowan was given complete control over his own TV show spend what you want because there's a huge star back in England at the time uh, spend what you want do what you want the series is yours and it was a tremendous success but towards about uh, of the 17 episodes by episode 15 it became clear to me that Patrick McGowan had no clue how he was going to finish this who has got the prisoner you know how, what, there was no in, there was no real structure to the end of the story and um in episode 17, the final episode, it, it, it just falls away into complete surrealism. Uh, and the next thing you know, pa Patrick McGowan as the prisoner is standing in the middle of central London. <laughs> Thinking, wait a moment, this can't possibly be. It was supposed to be somewhere far flung in the world. It most wasn't supposed to be on a double-decker bus in central London. That is definitely not the way that series should have ended, I don't think. But on saying that, it has become an absolute cult classic. And to this day, 
I mean, this was filmed in 1967, I think. To this day at Port Mirian, every year there is the Prisoner Appreciation Society who uh -huh. rent out the rooms and the buildings at Port Mirian and hold a convention there. Good for them. Yes, yeah, yeah. So uh, the prison really has become a cool classic. And uh, I love it. I mean, I love watching it. It's, it's great fun. Uh, but I do think he just, Patrick McGuinn just lost control of what he was trying to do, I think. Yeah, yeah. What, what other great series finales spring to mind with you? Well, let's see. It, it is, you'll, you'll kind of get a kick out of this. Is I'll, I'll even watch some series finales of a show I didn't ever watch because I always like to see how they're going to wrap yes, something up. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I'll be a f a, aware of the characters or aware of the basic story, and I'll just tune in to see the final episode, you know. But another one, this wasn't a show that I watched, but I've seen it talked about in a documentary or talking about, you know, TV shows. You remember St. Elsewhere from the 80s? It was a, doc, a, a hospital show, oh. and it had Howie Mandel. And Denzel Washington. Might have been Denzel Washington's first role. And some other famous people you would know. The, one of the guys uh, is the actor that was the voice of Kit. He was one of the doctors. But what happens at the very, in the very last episode is it's re revealed to, to be uh, a, the hospital is inside of a snow globe. And the whole series and the whole thing has been in the mind of an autistic boy. Oh, wow. And I was like... I, again, I never watched the show and I didn't see that final, that's but I was beautiful. like, that's pretty amazing yeah. right there. And what, what drives me even crazier is shows that never have a final episode. The ones that, you know, and the ones that have been around for years. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to, you know, get, not give something a chance and then, you know, write it off. But, you know, a show may go for many years and you never get a final episode because they've decided to cancel and they never go back and refilm. Feel shortchanged. Yes. Uh, it's like, put, put an ending to it. We need an ending to it, yeah. This is, yeah, this is a pet peeve with me, and I'm sure with, with countless other people, you too, I'm sure, is end it. When it's time to end something, end it. Yeah. It needs to be finished. Yeah, not just left hanging and nobody knows what happens to the characters. That's, that's, we, are, we feel shortchanged as viewers. Yeah, I think they just, you know, they look at it and go, well, the ratings are down, we're not renewing, and there you go. I mean, some of the classics that we grew up with, not that they're great, you know, pieces of uh, art but you know Gilligan's Island had like 66 episodes and I can't remember which one was the last one yeah but, you know um, they did come back and do the movies I will say that but now, funny enough I was watching funny enough I don't know why because we're watching TV all the while aren't we I was watching reruns of Batman the 60s series which I have the DVD set we've maybe even spoken about it before that is another example of a absolutely fantastic TV show that just that the final episode really just stopped. Mm. We're all waiting for something else to happen, and it never did. Was it was it one of those Batman cliffhangers where it ended? You know, it's always like tune well, in we, next week. No, we got to the end. We, you know, we as viewers, we got to the end of the the episode. Uh, and if you remember, it was uh, so it ran for three seasons, and only season three had Batgirl in it. Batgirl just suddenly appears from nowhere. Hey, I'm Batgirl. Oh, okay, great. And we'll accept you then. And uh, so Batgirl was in series three. And I think the final comment, if I remember right, was Batgirl's running gag in, the, in, in her series was she would just disappear at the end of the episode, yeah. right? And they would turn around and say, well, whatever happened to Batgirl? Well, that's all part of her mystique and charm. She, that's what she does. And I think that's how they ended the final episode was, I think Robin said, hey, and where's Batgirl gone? To which Batman replies, well, she's just disappeared. That's what she does. Yeah. And, and I, I, but that was it. I think we're all waiting for another episode. Now, I understand that they, 
the rights to the show were taken up by another TV company, and I wish I could remember who, who it would be. But, and I understand that sets were built to replicate the precise sets that were used in the first three series by the owners of the new the, the, of the rights, but the show was never made. Wow. So the, the sets were built, but nothing ever happened with it. But yeah. When it's time to end it, please, please, please end it. Well, I don't think, you know, I couldn't say for sure, but I don't think there was a final episode. I mean, there's obviously a final of everything, but hmm. a planned final episode of the Andy Griffith Show. Yeah. I know there wasn't for the Beverly Hillbillies, which I always look back as one of the, I think it's one of the greatest shows ever. The writing was phenomenal. The, the, the scenarios that they came up with consistently for <laughs> you. And it's a show that I still to this day say never jump the shark. Yeah. They went from black and white to color. Yeah. You know, which that's not a big you know, things going to change your, your storylines, but they were all funny. You know, there's some better than others, sure, just like anything else, but they were always consistently yeah, a, a funny, well-written show. Ran for a long time. Yeah, I couldn't say how many seasons were all the top. Yeah, when I say that because only the other day I was, I was uh, looking on my Twitter feed and um, one of the timelines that I follow is based around 60s TV and they had some color photographs of the set of the Beverly Hillbillies with the staircase. The, yeah, the, 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 the parlor when yeah, you, you walk in. Yes, well, yes, well, no, yeah. the parlor, well, I guess. It was spectacular. The, the entranceway. Yeah, well, I didn't realize quite how, how long running that series was. I can't remember now how long it was, but it seemed to have been running for a long while. Yeah, I'd have to, have to yeah. look. And, and again, it's, I guess, having too much time on your hands. But for, for a while, I would watch an episode on YouTube during my lunch break at, at my, my shop. And so I went. I watched every single one from beginning, from the very first episode to the last one. Yes. You know, just however long it took. You know, some days I was busy and whatever and didn't do it, but I just did it in, in sequential order, and I really enjoyed it. It was a really enjoyable I, I, time. I think our conversation here it highlights to me the difference between. I often talk about Formula One as being is it a sport or is it an industry, and therefore the relevance of the driver's championship over the constructor's championship becomes clearer to see if you like if you if you think of Formula One as being a business an industry the teams need the points and the money that's generated through the constructor's championship that's why I've always focused on the constructor's championship over the driver's championship so the driver's championship doesn't pay a single penny to anybody it's just the fun of being presented the trophy nothing Nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying that it depends how you look at whatever the thing is. Is it a sport or is it an industry? And in terms of our conversation here, it's the same with the TV shows. Is it a fun TV show that we, the viewers, like to enjoy? Yes, it is. But from the TV side, it is absolutely a business, and it's a cutthroat business. Oh, very much so. And if something isn't making money, it's got to go. Mm -hmm. Got to move on to the next thing. And so I assume... I've been around TV for 20 years now, but more in sports television than anything else, of course. But I've seen that simply how it works is somebody's got to make the decision that this show's got to go because we're not putting any more money into it. Yeah. Well, that leads right into part of this topic that, that I wanted to touch on, too, was the fact that they don't give shows a chance anymore. When I, I, I saw something that Family Ties really had a hard time when it first started. I can't remember. It took a good while and they moved it around in the schedule, and it's become, you know, a very iconic show yeah. that launched, you know, Michael Keaton's career and, and such like, and is very beloved. 
but it had a really struggling time to find its audience early on, and they kept moving around. They just don't do that anymore. And a prime example, and this has been, this was now around 2007, 2008, there's a show that I like that came out, and it was an hour-long drama, and I think it was on either 9 or 10, and it was called Smith, and it starred Ray Liotta, okay. who I really like. I like Ray Liotta's acting yeah. a lot. So that's probably why I started watching it. Well, he played a guy who had a normal job. I think he was like an, an architect or something like that during the day. Yeah. But at night, at night, he had this team, and they would pull art heists. This sounds very familiar. Yeah. And I, 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 I thought it was off to a good start, and yeah. I was watching it maybe five, six episodes in, and all of a sudden it disappeared. Mid-heist, mind you. I mean, they were literally, you know, it had started this big one that they'd planned, and, you know, things were happening, and you're ready for the next episode, and nothing. That's the end of it. And I got so frustrated with yeah. that, going, you know, I said, I said to myself, these executives that, that run these TV studios... Every fall, they're like on their knees to the public. Please, please, we beg of you, watch our shows. Please, please. And then you do, and they go, oh, well, you don't matter to us. We're, we're moving on, you know. I'm afraid it is it, it is like that, isn't it? Again, they just, we've just mentioned it. it, it you know, is it a fun TV show that we like to watch, or is it a business? But I, I agree with you 100%. If you commit to something, then give it a chance to prove itself. Or don't commit to it in the first place. Yeah. That's easy for for us to discuss here because, you know, we're not pumping millions of dollars into a show which, if it fails, we've lost millions of dollars. And I do understand that, again, TV is a business, it's an industry, and everybody's got to make money or the whole thing collapses. But there must be some common ground there somewhere where give a show a chance to breathe and prove itself. I think it's essential that that happens. But. Yeah. Now things I now I'm sure things are quite different. But now that you have Netflix and Hulu and all these independent, it's so it's probably a totally different industry now. And how yeah. you how you go about it, uh, I wouldn't even begin to know. But you yeah you've got to give these shows some sort of a chance. And I remember one. Now again I didn't watch it, but there was one. It was a sitcom starring Heather Graham. It, they gave it one episode and killed it. I'm like. How on earth are you going to know how that's going to play out with one episode? Yes, I remember a show a few years ago, very similar. It was, if a memory serves, it was called Men at Work. I can't remember which network it was on now, but I do remember seeing a trailer for it. It's set around an office, and it was guys in an office, men at work, uh -huh. and what they get up to. And I do remember seeing the trailer for about 20, 30 seconds and thinking to myself, that show is doomed to failure. I might be wrong. We'd we'll have to check the figures on. on now, Google, granted, there are shows yeah. that deserve a horrible the, 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 death. They simply deserve not to be there in the first place. Exactly. They right. should. Yeah, they should have uh, never even happened. I, it, but it just again it highlights, I suppose, how difficult all that work is. Of who is the target audience, and we're all different. What you and I like is not going to be what somebody else likes. I get. I do. I get that. And that alone must be difficult. When. Where is the target audience? Who is it playing to? When is it playing to them? What day of the week? And all that. And there must be so much involved in that. But it does come down to the fundamentals of how shows became so popular in the past was you did, and again, I might be wrong, but I get the impression TV execs did used to give shows more of a chance to prove their worth before cutting them. I think they had to. Because like I said, you know, 
my family ties was in the you know early to mid '80s when it started, and they did bounce it around a little bit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I remember uh, when the Office came out, the American version yeah. of the Office. I saw the pilot episode, and I said, "This show is brilliant," but the American people aren't going to pick up on it. Yeah. Fortunately, I was wrong, and it you, did yeah. did get picked up on. <laughs> you you were wrong on that one, but yes, I I understand. I was pleasantly supply, surprised that it did did last. So. Yes, and the uh, British version of The Office with Ricky Gervais starring in the starring role in The Office, if I remember right, only ran for two seasons. Yes, and I think great. he turned around and said, "We're done. I don't want it to go anymore because I want it to end." Well, that is something that, that you may be able to reflect on this and give me a, a better answer on this. Mm. I think a lot of shows come out of, I think they look at them differently. They will pick a show and determine, even before it starts, this is going to be X amount of episodes and that's what we're going to film and do. I believe, well, yes, I believe that's right. Uh, in terms of most British TV shows, if I have this correct, will run for six or eight shows but the show is budgeted for six or eight shows. So the first season is already financed. And then we'll see whether or not there'll be a second season based on the, based on the longevity of the, or the success of the first season. Um, and I think uh, Gervais said after the second season, we're done. And if I remember right, John Cleese did exactly the same with Faulty Towers. I mean, I know there's a big time gap between those two series where Faulty Towers was incredible read it properly. John Cleese, great fame from Monty Python, of yep. course. And um, I'm not sure how successful Faulty Towers was in the United States. I'm sure it's been shown since. But when, when Faulty Towers was released with John Cleese playing this hotel owner, it was an instant success. I mean, Britain just fell in love with it straight away because he, he absolutely nailed this character of a pompous hotelier uh, on the south coast of, of England just that sort of idea of and all the everything that went around it it was instantly successful and did the second season and i think that was it he said we're done we're not going to do any more we're going out just where it needs to finish this is it we're out of it yeah yeah well because you know like mike we we often refer to this but i think it's going to keep up being a running theme through many of our thing we bring up is the young ones yeah you know it was 13 episodes yeah there's and the same then, again yeah you know, i also loved coupling and coupling was four distinct seasons and it was wrapped up and done. What, what, now, refresh my jaded memory here. The ending to The Young Ones was they drove the double-decker bus off the cliff. Is that it? I think so. <laughs> so I think it kind of had a final episode. That's I guess true. it did. I, I think... Because you got to remember, remember I said when I first discovered it, I saw Bambi, and then I just watched it in yeah. rotation. So in my world, it just kind of rotated constantly on MTV Sunday nights at 11 o'clock. So if I if I remember right and gentle listener I'm sure you'll you'll know the answer to this or Wikipedia or Google or YouTube or I'm about the shows are on YouTube. I think in the final episode the guys go out to rob a bank and they escape on a double decker bus. Yep. And the double decker bus goes off the cliff. Don't they don't they crash through a Cliff Richard billboard on the way down or something? <laughs> I think that's that's right. End so, of end it, of show. So that's and that's a perfect way to end that show. That's so right. Yeah. We'll, we'll put that as a as a positive final episode. We're talking about how about this for a segue? Talking about time to end the show. We should think about ending this show. This show, this episode. We won't end the series, yeah. but we'll end this episode. I'm trying to look how long we've been running for. 36 minutes, I think, according to my laptop screen. Yep. 37 minutes now. How about that? So that's time for us to uh, reflect. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was kind of fun. I, I, I thought that'd what, be a I'll good tell you topic. What I liked about that. And it is polarizing. Sometimes people love an episode and, and hate an episode. Yes, so. and, and what I enjoyed about our conversation here is 
I'm, I was unaware in detail of some of the shows you were talking about, and I think you were unaware of a couple of the shows I was talking about, The Prisoner, for example, in my case. And uh, it's fun that you can still have a conversation and discuss things and not, and not be altogether involved in them. You know, like, it's just a fun conversation. A fun conversation. It's always, I always enjoy having these conversations, and the time goes so quickly too. Well, gentle listener, join us again for another episode of Matchett and the Other Guys. We sign off from episode, where were we, 31? 31. Episode 31. Bye for now. We shall return for 32. <laughs> Bye. We hope. We've got the budget. We'll be back.